0: Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Jessica from blistery and gusty
2: post Hurricane Ian, Florida. You are listening to the Rise and Run podcast. Now, lace up those shoes and get after it.
3: Thank you, Jessica, for that excellent intro. We appreciate it. I got to tell you, friends, I was just about to pull the plug on the recorded intros and the recorded race reports, and this week, we got two good ones, so we'll leave it up there. I'll just remind you that the way to get there is to hit the join the conversation link and record those for us. We appreciate it. And we've still got some in the can. There are still some intros that we haven't used. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 52 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob. I'm here this evening with Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Jack. Hi. With John. Hey, how you doing? With Alicia. Hello. And with Allie. Hi friends. Good to see you gang. Happy was... anniversary, Allie. Oh, yeah. thank you.
4: Thank you. 7 years.
3: 7 years. Good for you, girl. And congratulations to your husband, too. Thank you. Thank him for his artwork for us here in this recent Uh, logo redesign is his help we appreciated that that's that's uh dedication ally anniversary night and you're here recording the rise and run (laughs) podcast way to go girl we appreciate that oh my friends what do we got going on we got a maybe a long episode tonight we'll see uh long runs are coming up so folks have told us that they don't mind the episodes running a little bit longer uh we're going to talk charity uh fundraising and r- racing for charities tonight with our friend peter we've got sherry joining us to talk about the latest jeff galloway app which you may have seen posted on facebook and on instagram and in the race report spotlight we go to london we were in alaska for the race report spotlight last week And we're just about halfway around the world in London, England for this one. Madge and Amy finished the London Marathon last week. Well, we are getting excitingly close to Wine and Dine weekend. By the time this podcast drops, there will be just four short weeks until Expo Day. We hope your training is going well four weeks till expo day for wine and dine and 13 weeks till marathon weekend down to about 90 days we're getting there kids let's take a look on the training schedule if you're doing the wine and dine challenge you've got a double up this week four miles walk on friday or saturday however you choose to do it and then 12 and a half for your long run on the next day it's an off week because you're doing just three or four miles if you're on the marathon goofy Woo! dopey yeah. training schedule don't yeah. you, you know early on folks <laughs> ask the question hey when does this get easier and the answer is it never gets easier it's always difficult it's always a challenge but when you get to the point that you look at your schedule and you go oh good i only have five miles you know you're getting there
5: yeah so,
3: that's a good thing. Hey, just one more quick note. I said the London Marathon is our race report spotlight. The London Marathon lottery for 2023 opened up this week. Uh, I know I put my name in. Anybody else here put their name in for London? Heck no.
5: (laughs) It's in debate. Yeah. It's really in debate.
3: (laughs) It's one of these things where the odds of getting in are so long that I have no plans whatsoever but I yeah. put my name in and if I get it, okay, I'll make plans. I think they announce, uh, end of this month.
5: You know, you never know though, because for the Boston qualifiers, they let everybody who qualified for the Boston marathon in. So yeah, they did this year. Hey, hey. They,
3: <laughs> they did, but I think that's a little different. I think that's a little different. They still know that everybody that qualified is still a pretty limited group because, uh, you have to make those big numbers and uh, that you have to post, the qualifying time in order to qualify for London. You just got to fill out an a, uh, online application. So I don't know. I did it last year. Didn't
6: get in. I'll do it again. I'll do it for a while. That's one I'd really like to do. That's one of those events where when Disney always ties in with the majors where, you know, Boston is, uh, the week before I think. And, uh, London is the 23rd of April. That's right after springtime this year. Oh, London's back to April. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's-
4: I would like a break after doing all of the Disney runs. And I know if I put my name in, I'm going to end up getting picked. And it's
3: just I know. You be know what? That's so oh. <laughs> <laughs> funny, Allie, because I was thinking London was October again, but I forgot all these things changed around due to COVID. Now they're getting back to their regularly scheduled dates so that, yeah, all of a sudden, if I get picked for April, well, heck with it. If I get picked, by golly, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. I don't care if I have to work walk the whole daggum thing um going. All right. So that's what's new this week. Hey, we had an Instagram contest.
7: So yes, Bob, we've been doing um a Instagram contest where we are having five winners of a um, Rise and Run Tumblr. And we had over hundred and forty entries, which is really awesome. So we thank all of you for yeah. entering. Um, wow. And we have put all of your names and your bonus entries into a random spinner wheel. And um, we will post that on Instagram as well. But our five winners. are: first is Amy underscore magic. Congrats, Amy. Yay! The next one is BMK Ilgore. Um, Blair, congratulations. Yay, Blair! Third winner is Veruca Runs the 401. Steph, congratulations. Yeah. Ooh. Our fourth winner is Main Street Miles Meg. Megan, congratulations. And our fifth and final winner is Sarah Ididi. I think I'm saying that right. Congrats, Sarah. Um, and we will message all of you guys on Instagram and get your um, addresses so we can get those mailed out to you. Um, we just ask that you message us back within a reasonable amount of time.
0: And like we said, we're, we're going to post the video to Instagram to show proof, you know, so none of you come after us, you know, <laughs> and go all Price Waterhouse Coopers on, on us. So, you know, we, we'll, we'll have that photographic evidence for you.
7: And thank you, John, for putting all those into a wheel because yes. I didn't know how to do that. So I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that worked out great. Gang, that's terrific. Good job. A lot of work done there. I, well done. And to our listeners, thank you so much for participating. And we hope you had fun. And to our winners, we hope you enjoy your tumblers. All right. Continuing tonight, uh, Tonight, the, the main thrust, big show tonight, but the main thrust is raising money for charities. Allie, what are we going to talk about as far as charity running? <laughs>
4: So it came to our attention that a lot of you guys are first-time charity runners or are charity runners who might need a little help raising uh, large amounts for maybe Dopey or for the Goofy Challenge or the Marathon. And so we wanted to give some of our expertise and help to help you achieve that. Um, So this year... Greg and I are running for charity, but I know, Greg, you've run in for charity for in the past as well. Can you tell your story about how you got started running for charities?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, before the registration debacle of 2022, I remember, you know, wanting to explore other opportunities. So I didn't have to deal with the stress and the anxiety of, you know, having to, you know, have it be in front of three screens and 12 windows open and it'd be on my phone and the tablet and everything <laughs> like that, you know, and I had, you know, heard but you know, even before, um, you know, even the the pandemic even that you could run run Disney races on behalf of a charity. And I thought that that was really, really cool, but I I never got into the nitty gritty details of it. And so, you know, once I got a more accustomed to run Disney, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity now for me to not only do something that I love, but also support a cause that is near and dear to my heart. And it was thanks to, and Jack, I know you watch and uh, their videos all the time and listen yes. to their podcast, The Diz Unplugged. No, and, yes. <laughs> and for years, they have mentioned an organization called Give Kids the World. And essentially what this program does is that it offers a cost-free vacation to children who have, you know, terminally ill cancer diagnoses and it gives them an opportunity for those families to not have to worry about appointments and treatments and, you know, just let them live their absolute best life in one of the most magical places on the earth. That resonates with me because Uh, My mother passed away 12 years ago uh, very unexpectedly from a stroke. And if she had one obsession and goal and dream, it was always Walt Disney World. And she always did everything in her power to make sure that not only her family got to go to Disney World, but those who were less fortunate got to go there as well too. Before my parents had my sister and I, they actually um, were very close with a child that they took down to Walt Disney World back in, I believe, it was like the late '70s or, or early '80s. You know, and, and took him on a trip. Or, you know, even after, you know, having my sister and I, you know, my mother made these. You know how there's the the Brow Bombs, you know, guide to Walt Disney World that you know you get you know get the new edition every year. My mother had a 25 page Microsoft Word document of her own tips and tricks that she would give to families all the time or you know if you know a child you know who you know was you know less fortunate upbringing you know when beanie babies were a real big thing you know she'd buy the ones that were sold at the disney store <laughs> and get you know give them to kids so if my mother was alive today and she knew about give kids the world i knew that this would be a marriage made in heaven in terms of what she would do and I always like to say that that Disney planning side of my mom has got embodied into me a little bit, and so a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just 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 a little bit. So yeah, so to be able to continue her legacy of of helping others as it relates to Walt Disney World to me, give kids the world is the absolute perfect charity. And then when I found out through. The Diz and um, like one of our former guests, uh, Lisa uh, Donoto. you know, she's run on behalf of Give Kids the World. You know, so when I learned about the opportunity to combine Run Disney with this organization, I knew it had to happen. And I was so blessed uh, last year to run Goofy on behalf of them. And this year I'm doing Dopey. And it, like I said, I'm just thrilled that now I get to have these awesome experiences. But I know that the money that I'm raising is going to. You know benefit a child down the road and, and that that just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And I believe by the, the the amount of money that I'm raising for Dopey, I think we'll pay for at least half a family's vacation to come wow. down here. Wow. And awesome. I make sure that when times get tough during whether it's the training cycle or if it's the actual long run itself, I always remind myself of that that makes the training miles easier for me. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, again, so blessed to be doing this for them. But Ali, I'm interested to hear your story about you running um, on behalf of a charity.
4: Okay. So I will definitely tell you, I'll truncate it because it is a very long story, but here we go. So in 2017, I was diagnosed with a um, autoimmune disease and that autoimmune disease is multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis is a, a degenerative nerve disease. So my first symptoms were that my legs weren't working properly, and they had tingles, and um, everything was kind of numb from my like waist down. So, um, so that was really weird. And finally, you know, through lots of um, treat, uh, doctors' appointments, they were able to figure out that yes, it was multiple sclerosis. So, you know, I had the range of emotions that happens when you get this crazy (laughs) diagnosis of a disease. And my favorite thing to do at the time was to go to Disney world. So I think, you know, I would go there and I would, I would have a weekend with my husband or a friend and we would scream on roller coasters and we would take in all the sights and sounds and laugh till, you know, our cheeks hurt from laughing and, do all the things that you do in Disney that you love. And it was the one place where I felt like I'm okay. Like this is okay and I can handle this. And then I'd go home and be bummed again. So <laughs> so long story short, um, I was seeing a neurologist and she had said to me, like, don't, you know, don't worry. Like, you know, some people do end up in wheelchairs, but you know, I have a lot of healthy patients that take care of themselves. I even have a few marathon runners. And so in my head, because I'm a very competitive person, I was like, "I'm gonna run a marathon. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I think a healthy person would do. I'm gonna run a marathon." I'd never run a, a quarter mile in my life, <laughs>
2: so running
4: a marathon is kind of a crazy idea. But I started. I wanted to start small, so I I heard that they had races at at Disney World, and I went to sign up for one. And I saw that there was the Princess um, m- races, and so I. I said, I, I would like to do this. And I, I see that they have charities on their website. And I would like to do this for multiple sclerosis. So I contacted the the charity uh, person whose name is Jen. And she helped me to figure it out. And I, I asked her, you know, well, I think I want to run about five miles. So I, I'd like to do like the 10K because that's six miles. And that was all sold out. And so she said she had a bib for the half marathon. And I asked my friend, Belle, who was running with me, hey, Bell, I have never run in my life. Do you think I can do a half marathon? Not knowing how far a half marathon was. And she said, yeah, if anybody can do it, you can do it. And I said, "Of course, okay, I'm going to do that. And so I, I contacted Jen and I got signed up for my bib and found out how much I had to fundraise. And then I went back to Bell and I said, we're going to start training. How far is a half marathon? And she said, it's 13.1 miles. And I, after a moment of panic, I I sat down and we figured out a plan and I started to do it. And so, um, so that's kind of my, my story about how I started running. But, you know, from there, I went to onto the marathon the next year and I fundraised for that. And I went on to, um, you know, I had hoped to do some stuff in 20 and 2021 that didn't work out, but now I'm here again, doing uh, more fundraising for, um, the dopey challenge. So, um, so I did. I'm sorry. I did a marathon. Then I fundraised for Goofy and now I'm doing Dopey. So, um, so yeah, so that's my story. Hopefully it wasn't too long for you guys, (laughs) Uh -uh. but, um, what's really great about fundraising. I find is it's, it is a challenge, but having like that strong why that you have, Greg, and the strong why that I have kind of keeps, um, it gives you, it gives the training more meaning. And, um, I think if you're somebody who, either has signed up for the charity um, because there were no bibs um, and are learning about like the joys of charity running. Or if you're thinking about this is something that you might want to do in the future, this episode will be really good for you to listen to.
0: So as you can already tell, this episode holds a lot of meaning to us here on the podcast. And we know that the passion of running for charities at of run Disney races can be found all across our community. And one of the true blessings of running on behalf of a charity is that in some cases you can find an organization or a cause that has touched you personally, help give back, and on top of that, you get to run some pretty exciting races as well. Obviously, we've been talking all episode about why we run for a cause, but we wanted to invite a friend to discuss charity bibs and the wonderful purposes that they serve. So we would like to welcome to the podcast someone that you may know. He is a daily YouTube blogger. He has an awesome blog with his wonderful family. We would like to welcome Peter Brookhart from The Brookhart Project. Peter, thanks so much for joining us today.
8: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: So the first thing that we want to chat about as it relates to you know this whole idea of charities, charity bibs, and Run Disney is tell us a little bit about yourself and then the charity that you are tied to um, as it relates to Run Disney and maybe some other races. And tell us how you got involved with that charity and why you run for that charity.
8: So I lived in Central Florida, Orlando for about three and a half years and starting in 2017. Loved Mickey Mouse. My wife and I wanted to move there and spend every day and every minute we could in Walt Disney World. So we do that. At the same time, we're trying to start our own family. But uh, like a lot of people go through that isn't always widely known, we had infertility issues. So we went to the doctors, got ourselves checked out, started a plan, and I knew that the future meant a lot of painstaking things for my wife. And I thought, what can I do to kind of show my appreciation but also Bring value to my family. And that was to work on my own health and fitness to so be here as long as I can on this earth for whatever kind of family that we're given. That same day, we see our consultation for our doctor. There's this little thing going on called the Walt Disney World Marathon. So we go to the boardwalk and we're like, hey, let's go check this out. Sarah's dad, my wife, used to run the Chicago Marathon. And I'm looking at these people, all from coming from all walks of life running this wonderful race. And I was like, here's what it is this is how I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start running. I'm going to run. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run next year's Walt Disney World Marathon. So I asked my wife and she's like, yeah, that's a great plan. That's a great plan. And I'm a glutton for punishment. And I also go zero to 100. So uh, it didn't end there. The very next day, I was like, you know what? They actually have this thing called the Dopey Challenge. And I think I need to do that instead. So it wasn't (laughs) only just my first marathon. It was my first Dopey. So. That was fun. And then so I went on this year long journey of how do I get there going from not being a runner, not being an athlete to running a marathon, running a dopey. And then I realized you have to have a registration. And I was like, wow, that's fun. Um, how do we navigate this? And then we went uh, down the road of looking at charity groups. And I, my late father-in-law passed away from complications to melanoma cancer uh, about 10 years ago at the time. I think what it's been. It's been like 13 years now. And I thought, well, there's this American Cancer Society. Let's reach out to them, see what they're all about. And we liked what they what they had to to show for it. The what what the funds for fundraising go towards. It's not just research. It's you know, if you need a bus fare to get to treatment because not everybody can get to treatment. If you need funds for a wig because insurance doesn't cover it. There's a lot more that ACS does than just like, hey, give us money to help solve cancer. There's a lot a lot of layers to that. So we we really appreciated that. That resonated with us. So I thought, you know what, let's reach out. And that started in what is now a four and a half year relationship with American Cancer Society. My wife and I together, we, you know, I do the running, she helps me with the fundraising. We are a team through and through. I think we're up to, to today, we're nearing $30,000 fundraised Wow! all of our different ventures. We've done three dopies through ACS, two Star Wars weekends and a princess and two Chicago marathons with the, the, the second one coming up next week or in two weeks from recording of this. Um, so that's kind of how we got started. It was this um, thing of looking to get fit and healthy for my family. It was to benefit a cause that's very important to us since then, Um What what was that? It was June of 2021. My wife's mother passed away from cancer, so now we lost both of her parents to cancer. So if we didn't need enough uh, fuel to light the fire to work with a great organization when we started this four and a half years ago, we have even more now. So I run in honor of both of them every race, every training day, every time I wake up at 5 a.m. to go get three miles on the legs. It's for them. Every dollar we raise, from a dollar to two thousand dollars for Springtime Surprise is uh, in their name and anybody else's name who goes down that that you know, terrible journey.
4: So Greg and I are also running for charity this year and doing Dopey. Um, and I know what some of my answers are, but I'm curious um, if I can join the conversation with you and talk about what are some of your favorite benefits for running for charity?
8: Oh, wonderful. There's there's so many. Um, I would say the biggest one is a community, which is a yeah. funny answer for anybody who is not new to run Disney, because I think run Disney inherently gets you a community right. for all the different run communities of the world, all the different running cities, the different um, running clubs when it comes to Boston Marathon or the turkey trots of around the country. Run Disney is like that too. So it kind of bridges that distance gap, but a, a, a running with a charity brings you your own even smaller niche micro group of friends relationships that support each other whether it's for health whether it's for fundraising goals whether it's for costumes like they it it you know as walt would say back in the day he found a way to plus it it pluses run disney by doing it with a charity
2: i
4: like that one of my favorite benefits is also having a community um of people who also um Have the same passion too. Like, there's some connection with that charity. And so, finding people either like if you yourself have, um, like, I have MS. And so, running with MS, I get to meet other athletes with MS, which is awesome for me. (laughs) Um, And so, like, I really love that. But also, you know, sometimes you'll you'll be able to get to have dinner with them or like a breakfast or something like that. Or there's meetups. So, you get to actually um, make friends uh, with them. And that's really awesome too.
8: I agree. Yeah, it brings a little different uh, aspect to run Disney weekends, which are always hectic. But then there's that sense of reunion, sense of companionship that when, you know, I don't. So a lot of these times you are in Orlando with people who you don't live by. So there's that sense. But a lot of these charity groups from I've seen with ACS and with other groups is they'll hold like pasta dinners the night before or the two nights before. They'll have a get together, a meetup. We've done sprinkles, cupcakes at Disney Springs. More recently, ACS is kind of stepping up the game. And they've done like in park and in resort events. Like, um, I think it was last Dopey, the night before, the night of the 10K, we had an uh, in Animal Kingdom Park, like by the Harambe Village. We had like a dinner there where we had cool. some speakers come. There was, I think, 150 or 200 participants or and their families come with. And that was really cool because it was at Park Close. So you can come in, kind of hang out at, at Animal Kingdom for the last like hour or two. And then mm-hmm. go to that area and then when you when you left you got walked out and what is the most beautiful park at nighttime, especially when it's empty? Mm-hmm. Animal, Animal kingdom. We tried asking our guide to be like, can we go through Pandora? But <laughs> Yeah, right. They're yeah. like, No, we have to beeline you straight out. It's a liability. Yeah. Okay, fine. And if you're running
4: solo too, you instantly have people that you can run with. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, I can't find any friends to come with me. You just instantly have these people that you can run with. And sometimes they even give you discounts on hotels or they'll block rooms or include those in your charity fundraising too. So that's always cool. And then one of my favorite benefits too is that you don't have to, you don't have the registration stress. So I don't have to really worry about a hotel and I don't really have to worry about like what happened on marathon week. And I'm sorry for everybody who's still <laughs> traumatized by it. Do you have any of, of benefits that you think Greg, that were like good for you?
0: I mean, for me, I, I think it, it, it kind of echoes back to, you know, things that, um, you know, Peter had mentioned before. I know, um, you know, I run on behalf of give kids the world. And last year, they had a special event at the village. You know, it's kind of like, you know, a pasta dinner type situation. You know, it was very low key and it it very well could have been low key because, you know, obviously we were still in the height of the the pandemic and and such like that. But it was cool just being on the premises and, you know, you get to see the houses and some of the families walking by and they still had the Christmas lights up and everything like that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. So, you know, so being in the physical presence of the charity is great, but... You know, as both of you mentioned, I think it's the community as well. You know, I, I met, you know, a family that was I th- it was a, it was a mother and daughter both running that weekend. And they were talking about I think it was a, a foster type family situation. So she was like one of like 17 kids, both, you know, combination wow. of biological foster and adoption. And I believe one of the children had passed away and got their star up in. Um, you know, the the special room that's there at the village, but just hearing that story about their experience coming to the village, what the organization did for them, what Disney did for them. And then, you know, and hearing, talking to them about honoring to me, that's just benefit enough, you know, right then and there. Um, yeah. But obviously, you know, there's some great physical benefits, you know, to, you know, these charities as well. Obviously, I, you know, we, we spent a lot of time now on the benefits, but obviously we also want this podcast to be an educational piece for people who either are currently running on charity bib or might want to do this in the future. So Peter, can you run us through your experience of how do you go ahead and register with a charity? You know, what is that research process like working with the organization initially in the beginning um, leading up to the fundraising and then the registration itself.
8: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's a daunting task uh to get acclimated to that environment and to kind of choose which which charity to join. I remember the first time I looked at it before I became you know good friends with ACS that I was like, I don't know, where do I even find this? Because you know, depending on what time of the year, Run Disney won't have their charity list up. It usually has to be around a registration period where they'll have the ones they're working for. And then so I'm like, okay, well, am I are they really affiliated with run Disney? How do you know, do they have bibs? Cause the other brass tax benefit of the charity is uh, a lot of them, you can have it set up where you're not paying for your registration, which was another reason why I did it. I lived in Orlando at the time I wanted to do every run Disney weekend that can get expensive. Um, so I was like, Hey, if I can fundraise well, I won't have to pay for my registration because ACS will cover that as a portion. I just have to fundraise a whole lot more money. Um, uh, but getting back to your question um there's a lot of different organizations that 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 benefit all different kinds of things from cancer to ms to um give kids the world to pause i think has has some organizations there's animal benefits there's there's a, a plethora um autism speaks there's a million so kind of like to find a list of run disney charities and and look at what they what they work for, towards and and why I, at the time, was a little skeptical, so I was like, I want to make sure what um, the organization I'm working with actually uses the funds well, uses the funds for the right reason, for the right appropriations and everything. Um, So once you get past that, like, kind of homework, then it's just kind of bridging the gap of reaching out. A lot of them, especially with how crazy run Disney registration has been, has been changing how they register. I know American Cancer Society actually does kind of like a waitlisted queue a few weeks before actual run Disney's list so that they can kind of um, gauge how many, what the interest level is. And that's kind of like, okay, first come first serve then once they get their contracts solidified. Um, But it's pretty straightforward. It's kind of usually just sending a request over to um, some kind of form or intake, intake link that gets you introduced to their contact. At American Cancer Society, uh, I've gotten really close to them. Her name is uh, Jenna Leanwall, and she is now the Run Disney ACS contact for every single weekend. When I first started running in 2018, they had a different ACS contact for every weekend, which every company, every organization to each their own. But uh, there was benefits to having Jenna being consolidated as the Only Run Disney because she's kind of like us. She's a Disney nut. She did the Disney College program the same year I did in 2011. And so she has the Disney bug like we all do. So why not take this person in an organization and mount them to lead the charge behind all run Disneys? So um, from that point at registration, you kind of you typically sign a commitment. Hey, I need to fundraise $750 for this 10K or $1,000 for this half marathon or $2,500 for Adobe or something outrageously large like that. And that can be daunting, but it's usually straightforward about what are the due dates How are you supported by the organization? Do they give you a website? Do they give you flyers? Do they give you different templates? Um, Because there's, you know, the world's your oyster when it comes to fundraising. You can use anything from snail mail to Instagram to your family and friends to your church to your hospital, your community, in person or on the internet. Um, So once you register, you you start the fundraising, and then you just kind of chip away at that. I I would say that's my biggest motto when it comes to fundraising. I've been doing it now four years, four and a half years, and it's just chip away at it. No matter how small or big your goal is, just every day or every week, try to do something for your fundraising.
4: So with my charity, I think it's somewhere between 60 and 80% before you're actually allowed to register for your bib, so you have to have a big chunk of your fundraising done. You can't just go, yeah, yeah, I'll fundraise, and then never actually fundraise. Um, and I'm not sure if that's the same with other charities. Is that something that you've experienced as well?
8: I have seen that structure, um, but I've really only committed to ACS before, but doing the research I've seen or talking to other runners who run with you know Autism, autism Speaks and other organizations that I've, I've heard of that. ACS does it a little differently where you have to put like a credit card down or something for a uh, yeah. they'll charge a dollar. And they say, Hey, you have until like two weeks before the race and whatever the Delta is between what you fundraise yep. and your commitment, we're going to charge that card. Now they do, since that's two weeks before the race, they do usually have a clause where it's, we'll keep your page open for about two or three weeks after the race and whatever you fundraise. say so you hit your goal, you can request ACS to refund what they charged you. Um, Cause I will, I will say, and it could be an idea for a lot of fundraisers. There's a lot of day of fundraising ideas that can really get you across a, a commitment goal, or get uh, you above the commitment goal. To if you're if you're any kind of uh, person that could share your journey during your marathon or half marathon, or sending up selfies on Facebook at in front of World Showcase
4: yeah. Lagoon
8: or Spaceship Earth during your race, that can also get remind people in your community, your digital community. To, that you're doing this and doing it for a special cause and hey, maybe maybe send five bucks this way because that adds up.
4: Okay. So we talked about finding your charity. We talked about a little bit about how to sign up and what some of the benefits are. Now you've, you've joined your charity for Run Disney. How do you even get started thinking about raising all that money?
8: I would say just start asking. And what I mean by start asking, start asking your family, start asking your friends, start asking everybody that is on Facebook on Instagram, on MySpace, whatever you are using to connect to people in the world, postcards, carrier pigeons, just start asking and asking with, with no regret. So that would be my first thing is just to start get the feeler out there because you never know who might come out of the woodwork and, and donate towards your fund. And when I say ask without regret, I think every month, or every couple weeks, depending on how much time you have to fundraise, you ask that whole population again, because they might not think, they might be going to Publix, or the Jewel, or whatever grocery store you live near, when they get that email, or that message, and then three weeks later, when you ask them again, or send a feeler out again, they might be, have learned that, hey, their neighbor was diagnosed with MS, hey, I found out my grandma has cancer, hey, I just am in a giving mood, because, you know, Christmas is coming up, or Thanksgiving, and you never know yeah. when you're going to get the yes from your, your family and friends. So just consistently trying that, sending the feelers out there is probably like the basic line of fundraising. Now you can do a whole lot of things. If you're a crafty person, which I am not, but I know plenty of people are that make shirts that have crickets that make mugs. They, they can make fun Disney things. They can make fun community things. I live in, in Chicago. We're obsessed with our city. So if I wanted to, if I had a cricket, I'd be making every coffee mug with a Chicago flag on it. I'd be selling it to my friends, my family. I'd start an Etsy. There's so many different ways that can go as simple as like making, you know, those Etsy things all the way to for if you're more of an endurance runner. I like doing these kinds of things. we sponsored running training weekends. I have a, I love when people keep me accountable for my training runs. I have Chicago coming up uh, in a couple of weeks here. I had to run 18 miles three weeks ago and I thought, Hey, I have a couple hundred dollars left on my Chicago, my Chicago commitment. How can we do this? And what my wife and I have done with our Instagram is having training miles sponsored. Like, okay, great. I Sunday. I'm going to wake up on Sunday after an 18 miles. So it's now Friday night, the two days before, how do we do this? Well, we come up with a cool template and say, okay, for every mile marker, I'm going to take a selfie or a video message thanking somebody who sponsors that mile and post it on my Instagram. Oh, I like that. Five bucks for the first five miles each, 10 bucks for the next five miles each, 25 bucks for the next five miles each. And I think we put a $100 for the last three miles each. And from Friday night until Sunday morning, we we were able to get sponsorships on every mile. I think we fundraised like $700 between Friday and Sunday. Wow. And then on Sunday, it also alleviates me from like getting too in my head about my 18 mile training run because I had to stop every mile and record a little 30 second to 45 second video thanking that person why I appreciate them. Thank you for sponsoring that mile and post it on my story tag that minute so that it was like a little cheat at the same time of like getting my 18 miles done. I have to get it done because these people sponsored it, but I don't have to overthink it because it's a training run. And that's what's important about training for any race, whether a 5k or a marathon or a dopey is just to get time on the legs. Yeah. And so I, that's one of my favorite things is doing sponsored training runs. And then you get fun stories. People are like, Hey, 13 is my favorite number. I'm, can I please sponsor of mile 15? <laughs> <I'm like>, sure. <laughs> Donate 15 bucks and we're set. I, I've done other crazier things. Let me, can I tell you about my, um, my gondola story? Go for Kate. it. Two. Um, so this was right before the pandemic. And disclaimer, it was like right before the pandemic. I rode the the Skyliner at Disney for 750 minutes, which is something like 12 hours or something straight, like when they already announced they were closing Disney World on the next day. So I was like, there's this pandemic going on, I think. And should I be in this gondola with these strangers for 12 hours straight? But I did it. So the concept was, hey, at the time I was fundraising for Star Wars weekends and I was like if I can raise $750 by this date I'll ride Disney Skyliner for 750 minutes that's simple and I'll document the whole thing and I'll put it on Facebook my YouTube my Instagram and uh it took a couple weeks but we finally got to that 750 I was like all right here we go. I'm going to go ride the Skyliner first 12 hours, basically. And it was, uh it was fun. I met a lot of fun families because at the time it was pre, pre COVID. So they were just cramming everybody in there. And I, I couldn't imagine how I smelled after like six hours on that thing. Um, <laughs> okay. But everyone was pretty good. Like, I had a backpack with snacks. It was like Castaway, And so there were some fun yeah. stories about like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? You know, the guy by yourself in the corner of the gondola who's like looking kind of rough. And I was like, I'm doing it for charity. I'm running, I'm running Star Wars in a couple months. I'm like, oh, really? What's that about? And then I start talking, talking about Disney, start talking about ACS, other charities. Um, and I, I actually got a couple of donations from families who met me on the, on the gondola that day.
0: That's cool.
7: That's fantastic.
0: I, I've heard of some people ride, like, it's a small world for, like, 12 hours straight doing the exact same thing. Oh, so, God, I couldn't. I mean... <laughs> But now now the question that I have for you based on that amazing challenge is, do you have the entire narration track memorized?
8: Yeah, I couldn't do it off the tongue right now because I've been away for almost a year. But when we were there a few weeks ago on a vacation, when I'm when I get on the sky and I hear like the ding ding, I can I can just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't regret it. It was a lot of fun. I, I want to redo it with the the I the original plan was to do the people mover, but that, you know weirdly went down for refurbishment before COVID for like months and months and months. Um, partially because it's my favorite, but also because I think they would eventually let me just stay on. Because that was mm-hmm. the annoying thing about the Skyliner is I had to keep getting off, getting back in line. Oh, uh, no. When I'd hit a different route, like at that at Riviera or uh, Coronado Springs, I'd have to get off and join a different track. And so I, there was movement whereas like, I couldn't just sit there like a bum all day long. <laughs> but it could on the People move right I imagine eventually, especially if now the college program cast members are back, I imagine I'd be like, "Hey, I'm the same guy again. Can I just stay on for these extra ten feet here and go back?" since so cast members were, were pretty good about it. They it, it took them a couple hours because there's the three different tracks of the Skyliner. It is a fair like thirty five or forty minute track to do all of them. So it kind of got. It took a little bit for them to realize like you're keep coming back. And then I'd say, and then they became friends, and then they would come Don't back I know you. like, you're still here. <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> I can imagine. Okay. So uh, I know one of the things that helps people with fundraising is if you work for like a big corporation, a lot of times they'll match your match. So if you raise a $1,000 and you go through your company, they'll match $1,000 towards you. Right. So have you guys used that?
8: Yes, we have. And that's a great thing to bring up. The important thing about company matching is time. Is you, you need to be, you, whenever you're asking or talking to anybody about making donations, remind them to look in the company donations and remind them that you kind of need them to fill that up sooner rather than later because it'll take some, t- some companies upwards of two to three months for that check to get sent to American Cancer Society or whatever organization. And they process it that way it's not very immediate. So for those people who are kind of really close to hitting that commitment goal, you want to make sure that company match happens before that goal or else you're going to be kind of stuck with that, that commitment till after that, which is still great because the company is doing good for the, for whatever organization you're working with and society as, as a whole. But that's a huge thing. We have a American cancer society. And I'm sure other groups do too. have a lot of committees, have a lot of resources to build your communities. Um, American Cancer Society has a general organization. They also have Team Determination, which is their like endurance running team, and that is what manages the Run Disney accounts. And then now we've because we're all special Run Disney people, Jenna has started a Run Disney ACS committee that that works towards just helping you fundraise. And a lot of these people, there's some like good evangelists about do not forget about company matching because it is the easiest tool and oftentimes Great to them. I always convince my siblings at times to like funnel their donations through my mom because then she'll donate and her company's got a bigger match because sometimes it'll be capped at $100. My company is $100. Hey, you donate $100? We'll match it. Well, what if I get my my brother, my sister, my dad, my uncle, and my grandma to give my mom 50 bucks each and then she donates $400? Well, her company will match the $400. Oh,
7: wow. Yeah. So
8: rather than me being capped at 100 I could actually give that to my mom to donate to me. And now it's two.
4: Yeah. And the companies, they also get a benefit from donating to charities and they get a tax write off. So it's something that they want to do. So speaking of other businesses, places like grocery stores or banks, or, you know, you can look online. There's a lot of places that are looking for donations locally um, that you can reach out to and ask for ask for donations. Disney Disney does do that, but they don't do charitable donations for Run Disney Runners. <laughs> I did look that up. <laughs> um, but stuff like that is really um, overlooked, like you were saying. It's just easy to miss. And if you could do um, half your fundraising in corporate fundraising, that's that's makes it a lot easier for people who go, well, I don't know if I can ask my friends and families and raise you know, $2,000, $3,000 for this charity, Um, you can look into corporate things. And another corporate um, way that you can fundraise is you can partner with businesses. Um, I know one of our sponsors, Fluffy Fizzies, was doing um, kind of a, they're a bath bomb company and they were making specialty bath bombs for people. And when someone bought them, 40% of that money went to the charity. So that was really helpful to the people that worked through their company to fundraise um, because I think they raised quite a bit of money for the charities Um, and other places. Like I think there's like a local pizza place here that will do it. If you, if you want to put on an event and they'll donate like a portion of the, the pizza money. Have you ever done anything similar to that where you partnered with a company?
8: We've done once where it was a coffee roaster. It was back in 2018. I think we only did it for one of the races where they had a special code Um, they use like Brookhart or something along that lines. And then a certain portion of those, those funds did go to an American cancer society donation in my name to go to my account. Um, that is a huge, huge, you know, like secret weapon there. And it goes back Ellie to just asking, you might not ever think, Hey, your local Dunkin Donuts will ever donate to you, but that might be a franchisee and not a corporate store. And that person might have a sibling that has MS. It was like, Yes. A hundred percent, I'll give you, we'll do a whole, this Saturday, come out with your posters, put them in the window and 10% of that Saturday's sales will go, we'll write you a check at the end of the day for that amount. You mm-hmm. just never know. And you think, oh, what's, what's, what's 5% or 10%? But it's a Dunkin' Donuts on a Saturday. Come on. That's even if it's a hundred bucks, which is going to be plenty more. Right. It's amazing. So yeah. always ask.
4: I feel like there's a company that, and I I think it's called Got Sneakers and they offer fundraising for. If it's just like you donate your old sneakers and for every pair, they give you $7. And so if you can like organize an event um, where everybody that you know, who's in your running community comes and brings you these, you know, their old sneakers, um, then that can like help you with your fundraising goals. Um, do you have any ideas for for events that people could hold or like different ideas that they could do? I know like when we did um, mine, we had a, like, I'm a roller skater, so we did a skate night. And that little skate night, we sold like seltzer waters and we sold some like, I don't know, little treats and stuff. And and we raised like $300 that night and, and we had a fun time doing it. So I feel like that's something that is easy for people to do is like have fun with your friends. And <laughs> um, do you have any ideas for like what people could do to like hold events or anything like that?
8: Yeah, well, a big one. I've not done this myself, but a lot of people do this in and outside of run Disney charity communities is uh, like Super Bowl squares, football squares, any kind oh, of sporting yeah. squares. That's huge. Quick way to make a, a couple hundred dollars on your fundraising. Get your friends together. Watch whatever games or Super Bowl or get do it via the internet. That's huge. I love what you said about selling seltzers, bringing like friends together. Like We have a huge a bunch of volleyball courts over here right off Lake Michigan. Yeah. And I know a lot of people from from my neighborhood that would do just like giant volleyball weekends of getting a bunch of friends, have a little tournament, ask for a $5 entry and say that's going to go towards this 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 fund. Well, if you can get 40 people to sign up for that, that's a couple hundred dollars right there. Really quick, really easy. Now, add on top, add some concessions. If you have their friends coming out, have a whole day of it. Now, charge a little bit more for that. Go to a Sam's Club or walmart and buy that in bulk and now you can charge a couple dollars for each of those items it's it's very easy you can get creative with it almost anything can be a tournament anything can be an event i've done it where and this is kind of unique to me being a a youtuber but you could do this amongst your friends family or community even ask um, for community space donated via a library or anything and ask to put on movie days where you can charge admissions of like hey let me play the all the harry potters you know i have friends who are big Harry Potter fans, they, they live stream them watching every Harry Potter movie. And then they'd have like little games throughout the movies and different ways to, to fundraise and do giveaways. I think my, my wife and I have done like watching every Disney princess movie via a live stream or telling these stories on Instagram during it. Um, you can get real creative in, in small ways. And it goes back to the $5 donations, chip away. I have a friend in Staten Island who donates five bucks every like three weeks. And she's been doing that for like four years. And um, I think she's like my hidden gem that she's, secret. she's going to be the one that I'm going to, I am attribute to me getting across the donation finish line every time I sign up for a new race. Is like, well, I know Maria is going to get me there because every three weeks she sneaks and I'll wake up to an email from her for like five bucks. Like, Thanks, Maria. And it's like every three weeks. It's the sweetest thing ever. But it also gets you a reminder to like, hey. It's been three weeks since I actually pushed for donations, and somebody just giving that little nudge of five bucks, or like someone asking you, "Hey, how's your fundraising going?" So you guys being a team, that's helpful a lot. So having an accountability partner, I think, is huge in fundraising. Just to say, like, "Hey, you haven't you've been kind of quiet about your fundraising," and I know you have three months, but that goes by quick. How's that going? Like, you want to do something this weekend about that, and just getting the questions going again, it 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 can be a, a worlds of help just to have that little bit of nudge. So you two keep each other. Accountable and everybody else who's fundraising on the team.
4: I wonder if Greg, do you do you have anything that you've done for um, fundraising? Because I know you've successfully met your fundraising goal, right?
0: Yeah, I did just the other week, and I I took this idea. I will fully blamely admit I stole this from our good friend um, Laura. Um, you know, she was, and and I know a lot of other people start copying this as well. So I know this is real big with the Kelsey's hope crew where, you know, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know, it was, you know, and and Peter, you were talking about this earlier, but you know, the whole idea of sponsoring the mile because it was one of those things where, okay, you know, I, I took what I needed to raise for dopey and, you know, I subtracted my, my entry fees, you know, slash donation into it and then divided that up over, 48.6 miles and then just rounded that up to a round number because you know to me if it was oh well you know give what you can okay sure i'm extremely grateful for that you know whether it's a dollar five dollars or a hundred dollars but if you set a a finite number to it and you know and then like give them some incentive to be like okay you're going to be sponsoring you know mile six of the marathon and you have it at a quote unquote set price, you know, that might open a gate of entry to somebody of, you know, oh, I was only really going to give 25, but now I'm going to give 30 or something like that. So for me, that whole sponsoring the mile thing really did wonders for me and, you know, it really helped me push over the finish line. So I'll be doing selfies in front of the mile markers and, and everything like that. As we've talked about previously, you know, just working with other organizations. After my mother passed years ago, we did uh, my father and my sister and I created a charity to raise money for the local school district that both my mother and father worked for and when every uh November we do a, a homemade holiday sale so people can get an early shopping on Christmas gifts and stuff like that and it was just for me just as simple as putting out a jar at the checkout counter, you know so sure people were doing all the shopping and you know which was going which was going to donate to that foundation. But then, you know, people are like, Oh, well, here's my leftover change or here's, you know, 20 bucks or something like that. And they just plop it in. And, you know, again, it's those little things that add up. So even though, you know, if you're fundraising for dopey, that could be a very daunting number, but if you just, you know, really narrow it down into smaller chunks, I think it really can make it a lot more manageable for you. And as we've talked about, you know, throughout this entire episode, there's lots of ways that you can go about achieving that. Definitely Greg.
7: Peter, when you were telling your story about different ways to fundraise, I had thought about how when I was working on my Gold Award for Girl Scouts, when I was senior in high school, we had um, raised money for a local bettered women's shelter. And what we did was we took donations from the neighborhoods of things that people were just going to give to the Goodwill, and we had a mass garage sale, and we ended up raising $1,200 to donate um, items to the better Women shelter. So that's another idea that you could have as well.
8: You want to know how you plus that? Yeah. You, yeah. you find somebody in your family who's got a like a, a big cap on their corporate donation from their company and you have that person donate that twelve hundred dollars oh. cash that you fundraise and now it's 24.
7: Yeah, that would that's really awesome.
8: Yeah uh, we have a have someone on the ACS team who's like addicted to the corporate um, double give. Um, but your stories reminded me of something that I think is important that I've just recently learned in my fundraising because fundraising is a journey. It changes over times. After you do your first race, your second, your third, your first five hundred dollar race, your first two thousand dollar race, it is daunting and it's always changing. Um, but I've realized more recently that it's you need to be careful when you do special cool events to not limit your donations. Kind of like what you were, you were saying, Greg. People love to get you across the finish line or to that extra. If it's a twenty five dollar goal or, but you said it at 30, they'll, they'll just get you there. Cause it's exciting for them. What I realized is before my 18 mile sponsored, uh, training run that I mentioned a little bit ago, the weekend before I was supposed to run a three miler, I think the week before one of the days a week before, and I really wasn't feeling, I was in a rut. I kind of was just getting into the Chicago training block. I got into it a few weeks late and it was still warm here in Chicago. It does get warm in Chicago. That's <laughs> great. It's, its brand. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I could go for six, like back in my peak dopey training, 2018, 2019, like six miles was like my bread and butter. I just go on a Tuesday morning, just go. So I was like, I bet I could do six miles. Like, you know, what if we do something fun? We haven't fundraised in a while. I was like, let's see if we can get a hundred dollars donated in the first 30 minutes of this, this run. Cause it's supposed to be, my commitment to my, my training block is three miles. Okay, great. And I was like, you know what? Right before I got the door, I, I told my wife, I was like, "What if we, what if we go a little crazy and say we don't say it yet, but we get that thirty, we get the hundred dollars for the first three miles, and if we get to six, or if we get to another hundred dollars, so two hundred dollars total within, that's is what it was. If you fundraise the hundred dollars by mile three, I'll run six miles, and then at that point, my wife went, yeah, but if we raise another hundred dollars to two. By the time you're done through six miles, you have to jump into Lake Michigan. I mean, you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna go on Instagram live and you're gonna do it. And I was like, okay. And it was like very quickly. Like my sister came in there and just spot donated 100 dollars because she hadn't donated in a while. And I was like, well, that was great, but it also kind of took away the fun because now we're already at our goal. But then we did get that other hundred, and I was like, okay, great. Now at the end of the six-mile run, I have to I have to jump into Lake Michigan. And even though it does get hot in Chicago, it's still Chicago. So Lake Michigan's always cold. So I went on Instagram and I, I jumped into Lake Michigan after my six miles and was a lot of fun. Quick two hundred dollars for American Cancer Society, but then a week later we raised over seven hundred with that eighteen miles. And I thought we we kind of pushed on our Instagram to fundraise more money after we hit our two hundred hour goal. But we we I think we got like ten more dollars, and I was like, wow, like as society, like human engineering, almost stopped wanting to donate to us cuz that day we set a goal of 200. Mm-hmm. We got it. And so it was like, "Hey, I don't need to donate to the Brook Hearts." Like they got their goal for the day. Then a week later, we were able to fundraise an additional 700 because we set our goal much higher. Like where were those same people that were watching my Instagram story for the 200 the following week? But it's because we hit our goal. So, when you're fundraising in your journey and you come up with these little little goals, if you see the opportunity to not limit it so much, you'd be surprised at how far your your event or your special fundraising experience that you're doing could go if you don't set the bar too, too you know, too much of a line in the sand.
6: You do a lot of uh, charities for different races. Uh, so, you, so you said you're doing Chicago. You're doing uh, one of the Disney races this
8: year? Doing both Dopey and Springtime Surprise.
6: Charity run raising for multiple events how do you feel like you're not going to the well you know over and over to the same people
8: I do I do feel like I'm going to the well for the same people and over and over again but what what we do is we spice it up with different kind of fundraising events sometimes it's like a cold call like on Facebook American Cancer Society can link your fundraising page to Facebook fundraiser a lot of different organizations can I'm not sure if give kids the world or any other organizations do or don't but American Cancer Society can. So what I'll do is I won't hit the same form of asking for donations every week. One week I'll do Facebook blasts and say, hey, here's my link. It's It's got the progress bar. People love to see that thing grow, especially if it's in that like t- last 25%. They want to see you succeed because people like that. So like one week I'll, I'll do Facebook blasts. The next week I'll do instagram driven things the next week i'll do a youtube live or something like that the next week i'll be like calling relatives or neighbors you'd be surprised at how many donations you'll get from postcards postcards with the link or even for some of uh your older generational family members print out that donation form stick in an envelope stamp and everything to mix it up so in reality you're still hitting that same well but in different ways, and that's going to hit their emotional receivers in different ways, and you'll never know that fourth time they might finally feel driven to donate to you. It's
4: interesting that you mentioned Facebook because that's where a lot of my donations had come from um, just because it's so easy. They make it really, really easy to donate, Um, and I find myself when I see like we have on our Facebook group a list of charities, oftentimes um, my credit card's already stored in Facebook. So I just like snap so donate easy. like 10, 15 bucks to people just to to be helpful. When I have to go get my credit card out of my wallet and like put all the information in, then it's a little harder. So I, I find that Facebook is a really overlooked um, venue because a lot of people do donate through there. And it's also really easy to reach all your friends. Um, through it.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously in this day and age, I know there are a lot of people that get frustrated with Facebook and, you know, decide to, you know, get off of it and everything like that. But I mean, to me, I still find the good in it and it really has been beneficial, not only to create a community, but also to generate, you know, these charitable donations as well too. And, and what's really nice is that, you know, God bless technology, but that, you know, a lot of these donation sites, like uh, like Classy, for example, and I know that's what um, Give Kids the World uses, you know, there's that special integration where, okay, I created my pay, you know, my individualized fundraising page. But then I can just, by a click of one button, it automatically generates a whole Facebook fundraising page for me. And then those two programs can talk to one another. So, you know, maybe someone's not going to click directly on my Facebook link, you know, because it, maybe it gets lost in their newsfeed or something like that. But, you know, here, if it's, you know, if you're providing updates via that fundraising page itself and they just donate via Facebook, then it just syncs right back up there. It gets added to your total, and you're rocking and rolling,
8: which is really nice.
4: Right. So don't overlook that.
8: Eliminating that friction is key. And when I first started running with American Cancer Society, they weren't integrated to Facebook. And I run for my family, for my personal health, and for my late family members who have passed from cancer. I would reach out to my family, who's their brother-in-law, their their. Their brother, their brother-in-law, their uncle, their cousin. It's all the same person. My wife comes from a big Italian family, so we got lots of relatives. They're all connected to this man who I was running in honor of. And if I'm being honest, I'm not putting them on blast, but the first two ACS running weekends, almost none of our family donated to that, to, our, to our cause. The very first time, I think it was a Star Wars run Disney weekend, ACS finally said, hey, guys, we finally integrated with Facebook fundraiser. Give it a whirl. I connected my face that that fundraising page to my Facebook. I posted it on my page. I put my wife posted it on her page. And all of a sudden, every aunt, uncle, cousin, nephew who had never donated before to our to our causes, all of a sudden they pretty much sponsored my entire Star Wars running weekend because within the first weekend they're like, Hey, yeah, we'll give that for Uncle Jim. We'll give that we'll give that to Mr. Ryan. Like, of course we will. And it's like, Well, where were you guys the past six months? But it was that eliminating the friction of like, I love my uncle, I miss him, boom. Oh, he was the best brother-in-law ever. Boom. Five bucks, 50 bucks. And it's that, the friction, get rid of it. And it'll open those doors.
4: And there's another key thing too. If you, once you, one you have to check to see if your charity will sync up to Facebook. And then the second thing you can do is use that invite button on the Facebook uh, fundraising page, and that will make it show up in their notifications. Um, and that's a big thing because sometimes when they're scrolling by, they might not see your little post that you p- posted. But if it's in their notifications, it'll say, hey, you know, Greg is running Forgive Give Kids, Kids the World. Um, would you like to donate? And you go, yeah, I didn't know he was doing that. And you get a lot of donations that way, too.
8: I think with Facebook, it might be a little hack is, um, you know, with those branded comp- like organizational donating pages, sometimes they're a little clunky. So I know a lot of them, you can be like, oh, let me copy and paste a link on my phone and text that to my neighbor. Well, that might be like, oh, that thanks for that, but that looks weird. But if you link it to Facebook, you could send them the Facebook link to the donation. And they'll, they'll, they're much more, you know, everybody is on Facebook now. As much as the internet can be a scary and dark place, it's a wonderful place, Greg, like you said. But I feel like everybody's parent, grandparents, cousin, aunt, uncle, neighbor, everybody's got Facebook, even if they don't use it avidly. They all have an account now, so it feels more welcoming for them to get a Facebook link in a text message or an email from you than maybe this website that they're maybe not comfortable with or they don't like the interface or it's a little confusing, but that Facebook is a bit seamless.
4: So I want to touch back to using your skills that you have and using the platforms that you have to be able to Build um, ideas for fundraising. So, so Peter, you obviously are a talented blogger, and you have a big following on your video blog, and that's a great resource for you to use to be able to reach out to people. You mentioned, you know, doing Facebook Lives and things like that. Um, that might not be something that someone at, listening at home has access to, and so I want to kind of talk to people about. Um, You know, how can you like and and other people can think of ideas, too, but how can you use what you're good at to your benefit?
8: We've talked a lot about different ways to fundraise, different mechanisms we can use, different ideologies. But I think what we can't forget is the why you're, you're fundraising and why you're running. Because it doesn't matter what medium you use, whether that's Facebook, a letter, a phone call, a postcard, or a meeting at your school or your church or wherever. But to tell your story, to tell your why, so that people just don't think, this person wants money from me. It's make them feel the emotion you feel for when you signed up or why you signed up. Tell that story. And and that, that means differently to different people. I'm very open. My wife's a very... Open book, and so am I. So we're able to talk about her losing her father and her mother, and having other cancer scares in our family. And we use it to advocate for getting checkups on skin and get your your yearly checkups. We're open about that, and so some people aren't as open. But if you have that connection to whatever cause you're fundraising for, even if it's not your motivation, you don't want to expose that to the world or to your communities. Use that as your your motivation to say the stories of others that have in related to your cause, like MS, if you don't want to talk about your diagnosis, but you can, that drives you to learn other stories, to tell that story. Or like me, uh, my family going through infertility treatment, using that as a basis for being healthy. If we don't, if we're having a rough time, even like that, usually we are open, but this month we're just not feeling it. We'll talk about stories of people that we know have shared their story. Bringing it back away from running Adobe bringing it back from running a turkey trot or couch to 5k. Why are you doing it? And I think that is an important piece that is your biggest asset in fundraising is to get that story across to people in whatever way you want, whatever digital, personal, physical, whatever way it's, it's your why.
4: And I think some of the things too, some of the ways that people can share their story is through things they might not even think of. Like, um, you know, you can, if you're good at crafting, you can host a craft night. And at that craft night, you can stand up and tell your story openly. And if that scares a bejeebus out of you, then just host the craft night. But <laughs> it is nice to be able to, or have a friend. Sometimes it's nice to have a friend do it. I know I'm very shy at public speaking um, outside of the podcast, but it's, um, you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to say like, this is what I'm good at. I, like personally, I'm good at, roller skating and I teach roller skating. And so when I do my lessons, um, during fundraising season, they all go to my charity. And I take that opportunity to talk to people a little bit about, you know, what, what the charity is and like what, what we're doing there. Um, and if you're, if you're good at, I don't know if you're good at art, like sell some art.
8: If you're a CPA, can you offer your services to file some people's taxes? Like it can be anything in the world. you you cannot limit yourself. Like, my wife's a graphic designer. She's done like design logos for certain people, whether they were having a podcast or they had, were having a company outing for their company, who's an insurance company. Or, like, I have an aunt who's a CPA. She was like, she's done that before for her own costs. She's offered to file files people's taxes. That's or, if you
4: funny. have an aunt that's a CPA, you can ask her if she'll donate her time to do something else. Or, if you have a friend who's an artist, maybe they'll donate some works of art that you can raffle off, stuff like that. Um, yeah, really looking outside to your community um, and giving 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 them the opportunity to help you. Sometimes people can't help you moneta- monetarily; they can help you in other ways.
0: This has been an absolutely wonderful, educational, and, and thoughtful discussion. And, and Peter, we we cannot thank you enough. You know, for your time and your thoughts about this whole topic. To bring this full circle and and tie a bow on it, you know, you just mentioned just a a couple of minutes ago about, you know, regardless of whatever avenue you go down in terms of raising this money, you always have to have a why. And I think your why is pretty special. And, And I know that, you know, my family and I watch, you know, your family's, you know, daily vlogs all the time on YouTube, and I always get excited for one of your running videos and, and especially your race videos. And even though I know it's coming, it chokes me up every single time because you make sure to pull out whether it's your camera or it's your phone. And you remind us what your why is with 3.1 miles to go in a race. Can you please tell us about that?
8: Yep. Yep. I'm so happy that you bring that up. Because I, I might not have. I think I forget about that in the, the comings and goings of these kinds of conversations. Um, but that is my biggest why. So I started off the beginning of this uh, this conversation talking about my late father-in-law, you know, Jim Ryan. He was an athlete through and through. He was a baseball player. He was in his fraternity it was lightning. He was going to get drafted into the MLB. He's my my best friend, my wife's father. Um, in high school when we were dating, because we're high school sweethearts, um, he would go, I'd come over to their house to hang out and he would, he would just have a great big Italian dinner, you know, delicious home cooked meal. And he'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go for a quick 5k. And you would pop on his shoes or hop out the door. And about 30 minutes later, he'd come back and I'd be like, what? i never play any sports. And I was like, Sarah, is that, Sarah, is that real? Like he just ran a 5k. Like what is, and he just did so nonchalant. He came back and he was like trying to hang out with me afterwards. And I was just always blown away. So fast forward years, Sarah and I get married. We're trying to start our family. We're living in Disney World, and I need to be healthy, and I need this motivation to to hurt to get over these hurdles of infertility for me to start my family, to be my own father figure to my family. And Mister Ryan has been always been that inspiration of me not having an athletic background, but becoming a runner. I always just remember him saying, "I'm going to go for a quick 5K," and so no matter what race I go on, but. This is specifically a lot of times the half marathons and marathons the, the 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 race doesn't end at 26.2 it ends at 23.1 for me because I, I i when i hit that mile marker at 23 i think i've done it here i am mr ryan and i always say to myself and you know i shared sometimes on my different mediums is it's time to go for a quick 5k because at that moment i don't need to go fast i don't need to go slow i don't need i can walk it if i want i have mr ryan with me and now i have mrs ryan with me too go for my cook 5k that's awesome yep thank you
0: peter again from all of us here thank you so much um again we really appreciate your time um we'll just do the standard podcasting thing here uh anything you want to plug instagram the youtube channel uh anything along those lines
8: uh i just want everybody to know that you can get your 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 race done whether it's a 5k 10 half marathon any charity group any goal you have, you guys can do it. Just don't don't forget to try and don't forget your why. And if you be so inclined, uh, if you want to check out some of my adventures or talk to me directly, that can be found out on all the things under the Brookhart Project and all the things. I'm always willing to talk about charity, fundraising, training, Disney, Mickey Mouse, Chicago, food of all kinds. Thanks again, Peter.
0: Thank you. So once again, Peter, thank you so much for taking your time to speak with us about all of these great ideas. And we loved hearing your story, especially as it relates to you running for run Disney and, and a boatload of other races on behalf of American cancer society, really inspirational stuff. And and I, listeners, I I hope you take the ideas that Peter gave there and hopefully you can apply them uh, to your own as well. And and Ali and I, and and the rest of the gang here, you know, we're going to share a few others that, that we have as well before we continue on with the episode, But before we continue, though, I just want to give a special shout-out to one of our former guests, uh, Laura Fry. We had her on a couple of months ago talking about Kelsey's Hope uh, and the Kelsey's crew. She was going to join us for this discussion as well, as well as uh, a representative from Give Kids the World. Um, But unfortunately, because of Hurricane Ian, at the last minute, I know Laura was given evacuation orders. And uh, my contact at Give Kids the World DJ had sent me an email the next day saying that it was all hands on deck at the village uh, trying to get all the families that were currently there evacuated so that they weren't impacted by the storm or anything like that. So, unfortunately, they weren't able to join with us. We're going to find a way desperately to get both of them on the podcast in the future because – The good news is run Disney is not going anywhere and neither are charity bibs. We hope so. Obviously there's going to be lots of other opportunities to hear other tips and tricks and and insights into this topic as well. So again, uh, we're we're so sorry that that they they couldn't join us, but we're looking forward to chatting with you all in the future.
4: Absolutely. So let's break this down really quickly. Um, Number one, Pick a charity that resonates with you. And me me and Greg talked about why our charities resonate with us and why the why is so important. And Peter also brought that up as well. It's just really um, makes it more meaningful for you.
0: And then another thing to remember, too, is, you know, some of these numbers can be daunting. I know for me, I had to raise $2,000 for my Dopey Bib this year. And again, when you initially look at that number, that is very daunting. I know, you know, I, you know, talked about the idea that actually I stole from Laura talking about, you know, the idea of sponsoring the mile to, you know, do little, you know, smaller segments and stuff like that. You can break it down in multitudes of fashion, you know, whether that's breaking it down by mile or setting, you know, a fundraising goal per month or per weekend or something like that. Right. I love the ideas that, you know, that Peter gave, you know, talking about, you know doing it on a specific weekend and then miles within that weekend. So there's plenty of ways for you to take a really big, scary number potentially and making it a lot more manageable for yourself. So again, don't get scared by that large number, find ways to break it down and make it smaller as well.
4: And think of your fundraising ideas like we talked about on the episode um, or if anybody has any that they want to jump in with, feel free to, but think about who your target target audience is. For example, um, some ideas are for strangers, like raffles, um, that you might do online. Uh, I have a lounge fly backpack that I'm going to raffle off. Every entry is $50 or whatever. Some ideas are for friends and family. Like the sponsor a mile is, is really great because you can send pictures to people, um, as you take them every single mile of your race. Um, but you might not do that for, for internet strangers or something. Um, or like a, a workplace would be a 50-50 raffle would be a good one, but you wouldn't do a 50-50 raffle online or on a Facebook page. So um, you might have multiple fundraisers going on at once, and that's okay too. Kind of just get at it wherever you can get at it.
0: And another idea that I found to be super successful that actually helped me put push me over the edge is I know my own personal Instagram account, I'm not much of a stories guy, but With the tools that are built into stories, you know, you can put, you know, links right in there. Yeah. And I know that I just, you know, grabbed my personalized donation link and I, you know, found a picture of myself on the marathon last year and, you know, you just put some music on it that might grab somebody's attention. Because the the thing is, we all have lots of friends and social media friends. And, you know, even though you might not talk to that person on a constant everyday basis, they're like, oh, here's Greg. I didn't realize he ran. Let yeah. me see what this is all about. And, and, and it's an easy click. And I remember the first time I did that, I got about $100 of donations within the span of two hours from people that I know but I don't talk to on a consistent basis. So there's lots of untapped potential when it comes to varying forms of social media.
4: And just keep asking too, because they might be at the grocery store when they see that post, but then next week they're sitting at home watching TV. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the more you ask, sometimes people think, oh, it just sounds like I'm asking for money and I'm just bothering people. You're not. You're just giving them the opportunity and they can scroll on by if they don't need it right now, you know? So, um, yeah. So just keep asking too.
3: As someone who donates much more often than I ask for donations, there are times I just forget. I mean to do it and I just forget. And. I need to see it a second time. So yeah, don't be afraid.
0: And the other thing, you know, we we talked about before about, you know, that especially for the longer distances or depending on the charity itself, you know, again, the large goal number can be daunting. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we talk about hitting a wall when it comes to our training and our running, we may hit walls when it comes to fundraising as well too. And sure, you know, you might, struggle or you you know you might be able to find a creative way but if you truly are stuck there's no shame there's no harm in reaching out to your charity coordinator because right. they're going to be able to provide you resources or be able to provide tips or tricks or maybe possible adjustments so that you can be successful in reaching your goal so that you can officially register with run disney because i know most of these charities i, I know it is for Give kids World. i'm not sure if it is for the ms society alley but mm-hmm. like for me i don't have the opportunity to officially register with run disney until i hit my goal yeah, yeah. so again if you feel like you're going to get stuck in that area just make sure you have a really good, positive, established connection with your coordinator. And I think they'll be able to help you get over that charity finish line.
4: Yeah, I can definitely um, I can second that as well. And, and they may even be able to give you an extension or other things as well, mm-hmm. too. Um, yep. So definitely get in touch with your coordinator. But also you might want to find an accountability buddy as well, or like an emotional helper. So that person for me is my friend Casey. And she helps me when I'm like stuck thinking about fundraising. She gives me ideas. She gives me emotional support. She says, this is what we're doing by this day. And, and so if you have a friend, grab a friend and and say, this is what I'm trying to do. Can you help me be my um, accountability buddy? Because that will also help too, as you start to, you know, get, get a little, hit a little wall or something like that. And then finally, thank your thank your donors. Thank them regularly. Thank them as they donate. Thank them after they donate. Thank them after you've meet, met your goals. Give them updates. Tell them how you're doing. Um, it's just they want to see you succeed and they want to be part of your journey as well. So giving them those updates really helps them want to help you again in the future. and um, And go. celebrate with you with all of these milestones.
0: Because it's one of those things, you know, when we cross the proverbial finish line, you know, we always say, oh God, I can't wait to do that again. And at least for me, I'm the exact same way with fundraising. And, you know, so it's a situation where if you do your due diligence to thank your supporters and your donors, that's going to help you the next time you decide that you want to do this. But conversely, in thanking them, I think it also gives you extra motivation too. you know, like I mentioned, you know, during the interview, um, you know, with the idea of sponsoring a mile, I plan on taking a selfie in front of the mile marker that each donor, um, you know, selected in terms of my fundraising efforts. And I'm going to do my best to make sure that I am sending that as a text message or a a Facebook messenger uh, message during the race. And it's truly my hope that after I do that, maybe that person's going to send me an encouraging text message back. So, you know, if I'm hitting that wall at mile 20, when I text Allie, because that's the mile she picked because she's she's a smart lady, (laughs) um, you know, I know that, you know, she's going to give me positive words of encouragement back, which is, again, going to help me get over that physical finish line. So, again, being supportive and being thankful to your donors is really key because it helps you pay it forward. And pain forward positive energy is exactly what this world needs, not only in the running community, but in the Disney community, the run Disney community and the globe itself.
3: Awesome. Guys, thanks. Thanks. Listeners, we hope that helped. If you're running for charity,
6: if you're thinking of running for charity, we hope this was helpful to you. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do on Facebook for the charities again is we're Every month going on now, we're going to put a, once a month a, a chatty thread up so uh, you can post your charities, what you're fundraising for. And if you have any tips or hints, we're going to do one of those also, uh, a tip and a hint thread so that you guys can help other people get along with their charities.
4: I think that's great. I think helping each other, give each other ideas of what's worked for you, and then you'll be successful and helping other people be successful. Like Greg said, just pay it forward.
3: Okay, gang. Nice job. All right, let's move along. We are pleased to have with us on this episode our good friend Sherry Witt. Sherry's the program director for Jeff Galloway out in California. She's in charge of Jeff's ambassador program. She's a certified running coach and an all-around nice person. Sherry, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here.
3: We're glad you could spare some time for us. Now, friends, if you've been on the rise and run podcast facebook page or if you've been on any of jeff galloway's facebook pages you've probably seen news of the new jeff galloway running app currently available for iphones but there are plans in the future and sherry was very active in that so i asked her to join us tonight to tell us a little bit about this new app so sherry why don't you give us a little overview, please?
1: Well, sure. So I'm excited about the new app. I've been helping test it. I personally think that the blue color of the new logo um, was because of me, but okay. Part. <laughs> no, just <laughs> we we had some different logo styles to pick from, and I and the logo they ended up with is fabulous. It almost looks like it's a JG, but it looks like a runner. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um. I'm going to say that, with, so the app is from uh, Lolo backs it. So if any of you did the uh, Jeff's Lolo app back in the day, um, it's like uh, the old app on steroids. So it's a really cool running app. And right now, just for the plug, there's a founder's rate that will go away probably by the end of the year. I'm not sure what the date is, but it's $3.99 a month. Or $39.99 a year. So you really can't beat that price. And what it gives you is um, there's customized programs, not to be confused with customized training. Okay. Right, right. So there's a lot of the Disney training plans are in there. So if you love Disney races, you can go in there and find the Disney races and you can set up and train for them in the app. Can't hook your devices up to it yet. But through the uh, health app, you can allow the health app to to the Jeff Galloway. And so my Garmin syncs to my health app. So technically, my heart rate and everything is still going to to the Jeff Galloway app. We're making sure that every feature works before we put it in there and release it. So you you don't release this app with all these features and then you have all these glitches. So days at a time. Everything will be there. But right now, the first phase, of course, because it's got the most, you know, shares of, of users is going to be the the iPhone. And, and uh, I believe Android will be next and then probably Apple Watch. So and we have a lot of Android users that were upset that there wasn't one for them. But we are we are working on that. I, there's just so many things I love about this. The for me, because so because I have a training program, this app will allow me for my runners who maybe don't get their weekday runs in. They can use this app and do that. And at three dollars and ninety nine cents a month, you know, it's just an add on. So we're hoping for the future to use this app for the program directors as an add on, and um, that way it for we make sure that our runners have support during the week because who's better to support you than jeff he talks to you gives you little tips there's nutrition there's meal plans in there so here's the thing when you go in and you go to your person a lot of these features aren't going to be available unless you pay there are some free demo features but if you go if you want to do like, so in the drill section, you go to your little shoe, which is your workout, and then you go to drills, and you can set hill intervals. Um, you can set, and that goes from 70 meters all the way to 800 meters. He has his acceleration gliders, his cadence drills, and his mile repeats. Now, here's the cool thing. I have to do a lot of this on the treadmill during the week. So what I did is I went into the, the setting, and I hit it for outside, then I said, I want to run in an eight-minute, 30-second pace, okay? and I'm going to walk at 15 seconds, and my ratios are going to be 145, and my walk is going to be 20. So I set all that up. I'm going to do four drills, and then I switch from outside to treadmill, and it converts it for me, so I know my treadmill, I have to run at 7.1 and okay. walk at- Point zero, so that's kind oh. of a cool little thing because sometimes we get on our treadmill, and we don't know how fast to set it. Yeah. Right. Right? So you can do that by going outside, setting everything you would normally want for the outside, and then you switch it over to treadmill, and it converts it for you. That's cool. That's a cool little feature, right? Yeah. We have the quick start. The quick start will just allow you, whether you're outside or on a treadmill, to just set it up and go. So for people who have a training plan. And let's say that the mileage isn't there. They just do a quick start. They can do, um, you know, if they have like a 45-minute easy run, just do a quick start and do it for 45 minutes. And then they save it, and the app keeps track of their um, how many miles they've done. So in the home screen, it'll tell you, oh, here's your workout history. You know, here's your average pace. So, And it tells you where you're at on your training goal. It tracks your weight for you. You set all that in. One
4: thing that I really liked about the settings is that you can go in there and you can adjust what foods you eat for the meal plan. So being somebody who's vegetarian that doesn't eat, um, doesn't drink milk or like any dairy products, you're allowed to change those things in there instead of just being a generic meal plan. It it can actually work for you if you have a dietary need, like a gluten-free or something like that.
1: Yeah. They have the band recipes and, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean all that cool stuff. And another thing that's really cool about it is, I don't know, I, I'm old school Galloway. So I used to use the Lolo app, but with this new one, you can pick your music. So it will go into your music, Whereas before you couldn't do that. Before, if you didn't pay for the songs, it wouldn't let you use them. So now most of us have the Apple um, or, or they have Spotify or something. And so we can access our Spotify and our iTunes and it will play whatever music we set, which is really cool um, because I'm a music runner um, and that really is helpful. Because And then when Jeff talks, your music will go down a bit. So Jeff will talk and give you, you know which is really fun. Um, That's pretty neat. Yeah. And then let me see. So if I go into the training, so you have 5K plans, you know, you have your to finish, you have a time goal. So this really is um, very interactive and it's great for people who maybe they want to, you know, people who live, live somewhere where they don't have people to run with so they can do this. and there's other people in there and I know they're working on new areas to possibly have like little chat groups and things like that. So this, this app is going to keep morphing. It's not, this isn't, this isn't done. It's just, this is the first phase, you know? Um, And Weston is doing an amazing job with this. He's on it and uh, I just can't say enough good things about him, but back to the training, you know, there's 10 K plans. There's a sprints of, Princess Enchanted 10K. So, maybe those of us who can't run the Disney, we can do them virtually through this app. You know, I mean, um, there's half marathon plans, which also Princess has a half marathon, Springtime Surprise, Wine and Dine, um, Boston Marathon Qualifying Program, Des Moines uh, Marathon. So, he's got already quite a few programs added in and as they go along there's also relay there's um limited time theme park events which are cool um they're going to add more i'm just so impressed with what um the Galloway Corporation has done with this app. I can't say enough good things.
4: So I was looking at the different plans. Let's say for a half marathon, you have half marathon to finish or you have half half marathon time goal. Can you tell me the differences between the two and, and how you might use the program? I was trying to play with setting it up for a time goal. Um, does it help you achieve that time goal or is it you have a set time goal that you would put as your um, running time? Is there, is there any like coaching that goes along with it, I guess, to tell you what, what you're supposed to run or what you should, could run or something like
1: that? So, um, usually with Galloway, if you're doing a marathon or half marathon to finish, you're going to do your two runs during the week. You'll do your acceleration gliders or cadence drills, but your runs are going to be 30 to 45 minutes Tuesday, Thursday, what, you know, and then you do your run on Saturdays and that's going to get you to the finish line. You know, that is, and it's, what's great about the Galloway program is you, you can work full time and still train for a marathon, you know, and which is, you know, I've done other training programs and you're, you're getting up at 3am to get your run in before you go to work and you don't have to do that with Galloway. So you feel like a human being when you're training the difference between to finish and for speed work for the time goals, you're going to put speed work in there there's going to be drills like hills and mile repeats and things like that, which will get you faster. Also in the time. So for a marathon, for instance, you would run to 29 miles. Yeah. Just by adding those extra three miles will give you up to 15 minutes of a faster time in a marathon. So, so there's other things that are incorporated with the time goal versus to finish goal. So once you've finished, You should be so excited. You want to do the next one and you want to do it for time and you don't do everyone for time because that's not, you know, that you're going to get hurt if you do that, but you want to pick your races and then put your drills in there and that this program will allow you to do that, you know? Cool. It's outstanding. Yeah.
3: And Sherry, this sounds great. Now let's recap and we'll put the link to download in the show notes, but how do I get this app? And what does it cost?
1: Okay, so the app is, uh, you get the app by going right now. You go into your app store and you download it. It is the Jeff Galloway app. And right now, the rate is $3.99 a month or $39.99 a year. So there is like a seven-day demo period. But if you want to unlock the drills and, um, you know, the making customized adjustments within the program to what your training schedule is, you would then pay the fee for that. But, you know, you can't, you can't beat the price. And um, you, if you need app support, there's a help in there and that help will get you right to app support. And you can type it in right through the app or you can go on your computer and go to app support at jeffgalloway.com. They are adding races daily, Android and Apple Watch will be coming out soon. I I was told in October, so we'll see. So um, meal plans, nutrition, Jeff talking to you and encouraging you, and it's it's available all, all over the world. So that's the best part is anyone can do it you know, anywhere. And eventually this will become a running community so we can talk with each other in there too. So that I'm looking oh, for that feature. Yeah.
3: That, now that would be cool. That yeah. Would be, so that, that be that,
1: that's one of the things we talked about, but that's going to take a little bit more time to put that feature in. But, you know, so if you're doing train, like maybe you're all doing the training for, you know, a limited event, then you could talk about how the the training went, you know, cause you should all be fairly on the same Training. If you're training for, let's say, dopey in January, you would all be along the same training lines. So you would be your long run should be right about where everyone else is because you're training for the same event, unless you have other events. So that's right.
3: But yeah. So
1: I'm excited to see what they're going to do. They have a lot of cool features that they're going to be rolling out over time. So getting in right now at this reduced rate will give you. Uh, uh, you know, leg up on the features. So as the features get added, you know, the price is probably going to go up. So right now getting in, you're still getting a really cool app. And then as the features get, you know, it's like Christmas, you get to open a present.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're excited about it. It comes through. I I appreciate it. Sounds like a a must have for Galloway runners. Hey, Sherry, thanks for sharing your time with us and and telling us about it. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll We'll link the show notes and uh I look forward to it being available for Android and I'll be first in line with that. Comes and
1: and I will I will make sure to post in all the groups as soon as that link is available. I, I, I promise. All right. I
3: know I know you will.
1: All right. Thank all you. All right, God. thanks,
3: Sherry. So after talking with Sherry, she sent me a note and she wanted us to know that. Weston has already updated or upgraded the app so that you can now push your training to your phone calendar so you can have your training dates on your calendar. So this is an evolving thing. It sounds neat. I I think it's really worth looking into. And listeners, we're going to ask you to do us a favor. Now, this is not an affiliate link. We get no compensation from this. But I would like the Galloway folks to know just how much we appreciate them and how much the listeners of this podcast appreciate them. So they've given us our own link to download from. It is apps.jeffgalloway.com slash rise and run. Now we're going to put that in the show notes. We'll put it on our Facebook page. We'll put it on Instagram so you know how to get there. But just do us a favor. If you're interested in this application and you want to download it, Go ahead and do it through that link so the folks at uh, Jeff Galloway Productions will have an idea of the number of folks that have downloaded it listening to this podcast. Thank you for that. Let's take a quick look ahead. Uh, one of our listeners had asked in a Facebook comment if we would talk about ways to cheer during the running events at Disney, what to tell spectators, where they might go, etc. And we'd be happy to do that. We're not going to do, it to do it tonight, but we will provide some tips. We're looking at doing that at a future episode before the Wine and Dine run. So we will be sure to, to take care of that. I promise I want to remind everybody, Wine and Dine, I'll do this until we get there. Our Wine and Dine meetup, Saturday, Dockside Margarita is 230 In the afternoon, we still haven't gotten together and decided where we're going to get together during the after party on Sunday night at Epcot, but we will do that. A couple other things uh, I've noticed on our race report, we've got 11 folks listed going to the Space Coast Marathon in November. So I'm going to throw together a meetup for that one also. More details to come. I'd also like you to start thinking about March of 2023 and Jeff Galloway's weekend, run weekend, the 5K and the half marathon in Atlanta, Georgia. That's a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a whole lot nicer in March than it was in December. If you're in the Southeast. You got that right. Yeah, I think so, Greg. It, we we ran into some nasty weather, haven't we? But, yes. Uh, if you're in the Southeast, consider doing that. It's a fun run. It's a great opportunity to spend some quality time with Jeff. And it's also a great opportunity for us to get together as the big running family that we are.
0: So I just want to make mention before we hop into the race report here, um, you know, as everybody knows, you know, this weekend is a big weekend. We have another world major. We have the Chicago marathon, I was just in Chicago this past weekend for business, and when I went out for one of my runs on Monday, I saw all of the tents were getting set up, you know, near the Bean and everything like that. You know, for that race weekend. Uh, I know our guest, uh, you know, this week, Peter Brookhart. Uh, he is running the Chicago Marathon um, this upcoming Sunday, so best of luck to Peter. But there is a certain someone <laughs> with a certain YouTube channel. Who has done this race? And if you need that like last minute excitement, yeah. I, I think I know uh, where you can find that excitement. Jack, where could they find that excitement?
5: Let me? Oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> well, um, I had the very, very fortunate um, experience to have done it last year, and it is by far one of my favorite races I've ever done. It was such a well put together race. There's such an amazing crowd. Um, How I've researched races is a lot different than how other people do it. Um, I don't really look at the race website. I don't really do any of that stuff. I don't really look at the course outline in general. What I will do is I'll go on YouTube and I will watch videos of people running it. So I can kind of, that's how I gauge it visually. And so if you like to go ahead and check out what the Chicago Marathon looks like, go ahead and check out Passport to Run and click on the Chicago Marathon video. I had a blast, and I know if you're running this or you're hopefully going to put your name in the lottery for it next year, go ahead and check it out.
3: Jack, great idea. Thanks. I'm sure a lot of folks will head on over to YouTube to look for the – what was it called again? Oh, Passport to Run. I should know that by now. By golly, the uh, Chicago Marathon edition. My friends, that means it is time for the race report. We had a couple of runners that were running multi-day events. The one that I, wa- I wanted to hear from Valerie, who did the Bourbon Chase Ragnar relay in Kentucky. Valerie, I'm in Kentucky right now. I wanted to I hear saying, about Bob, this. I say, Bob, how a- have
0: you not signed up for this yeah. race? Well, you know,
3: well, the Ragnar, I haven't. There are other events. Okay. I, I ran I ran Louisville a couple of years ago. Uh, I'd like to do the Urban Bourbon Half Marathon but that's that's coming up too I think that's late October that's in uh that's in Louisville also I believe but anyway moving on Valerie did this Ragnar relay in Kentucky I didn't see any pictures Valerie I saw pictures of your new running shoes that you posted for us but I do hope that you get a chance I said last week I wouldn't make a habit of going back a week but in this case I'd love to see that one so if you get a chance please do that for us on Saturday and Sunday our friend Heather Did the Chowda Challenge at Cape Cod Marathon Weekend. Falmouth, Mass. Chowda. Chowda. Not chowder. Chowda. It's spelled C-H-O-W-D-A-H. Chowda Challenge. (laughs) Heather's in the wheelchair division. Last week, Heather did a half on Saturday and a half on Sunday. Not good enough. Not good (laughs) enough. Oh, sure. You can say, wow. No, (laughs) not for Heather. This week. Heather did a half on Saturday and a full on Sunday. Oh my gosh. So I don't know what she's going to do for an encore. That's wicked awesome. Um,
0: (laughs) Was was that, was that good, Allie? That's pretty good. Okay. All right. Thank
3: you. On Saturday, uh, Heather gave us some notes. She wanted to give a shout out to her friend, Anna, and to her bike guide who helped her after a crash into a curb. I need to talk to Heather about some of this stuff. I think it would be interesting. Lots of support. Rainy day on Saturday. On Sunday, she did the full. So that more wonderful support. Beautiful course. Sorry, no photos, says Heather. Competing in the wheelchair division, her arms are in use most of the time, so she can't stop and take pictures. Uh, it was her 15th marathon, a 20-minute PR, and she got to break the tape as the first finisher. and. Heather, I'll finish it there. If you want to tell them the rest of the story, that's up to you. All right. Let's take a look now on Saturday in uh, St. George, Utah, the mini marathon. Chalene and Sophie both ran that one. I heard from Sophie. Didn't hear from Chalene. Sophie said it was a fun race. It was a great looking medal. And if there, there are probably two themes this week. One of them is the wonderful finisher's smiles on your photograph. Nice photograph nice finisher smile sophie in fort worth texas the rock of ages half marathon tammy ran that one tammy rehabbed her injured knee and finished this one and she said with gas in the tank another wonderful finisher smile with tammy i I love i love the look of satisfaction and i understand it it's great um up in fairbanks alaska last week's race report spotlight brit This time did the hoodoo half marathon in Fairbanks. Now, if you recall, Britt did a ruck march, the Norwegian ruck march up in Fairbanks and wore a big old hole in the back of her heel. But she overcame that and she finished this half marathon. 32 32 degrees and sprinkling at the start of the race week. That's typical fall weather. That's that's mild fall weather in Fairbanks. Uh, Turned out beautiful after that. Uh, a great result for brit this week let's go to kirksville missouri the flats and it's spelled out kind of like mash f apostrophe l apostrophe the flats trail half marathon in kirkville tommy did that one another beautiful day this was a trail run nicely maintained nicely maintained trails looked well organized good run tommy way to go Here's one that wasn't in our report, but I picked it up on Facebook. Our friends in Australia, Wendy and Ross, did the Melbourne Running Festival Half Marathon. I think they both did it. I know for sure Wendy did. Wendy was very excited about her finish. She did very well in this race. Sub 245, that was a big mark for Wendy. Well done. Pretty sure Ross did it too, but I didn't see a time on Ross. In Long Grove, Illinois, the Prairie State 10K. Mark did that one. Another beautiful day, sunny and 57, felt good the whole time. Finished another great photo from Mark in that finish. Vicky did the Easter Seals run for the kids, superhero hustle 5K run in Villa Park, Illinois. That's a mouthful. I did not see anything on that one, though. I saw a photo earlier, but I didn't see a photo on this race from Vicky. Um, In fact, Vicky's the one that showed us a picture of her shoes. I think I credited that one earlier to Valerie. It was actually Vicky. That's it. My bad. Valerie, send us some pictures from Kentucky. Vicky, I saw the pictures of your shoes. Send us some pictures from the Hustle 5K. Uh, our buddy Jeff in Indianapolis, Indiana, ran the Indianapolis Half Marathon. He called this his last catered long training run before Chicago. This was half number 88 for Jeff. At uh, Dulles Airport in Virginia, technically, it, it serves Washington, D.C. Dulles Day on the runway 10, I think it's a 10K. It just says 10 here. Sharon did that one. Her first race since she was in her 20s, she says. Big deal, Sharon. I saw your picture. What was that, two years ago? Come on. Anyway, it was a wet day. Great run. Sub 60 for a 10K. It must be a 10K because sub 60 for a 10 miler. That's smoking. Uh, She said it was 30 seconds less than her training pace and sent us some great photos from the National Air and Space Museum, the Smithsonian, which is there at Dulles Airport. Jennifer did the TikTok Ultra. Our second theme is we had a bunch of first marathoners this week. This was Jennifer's first marathon. She got her keychain medal and she commented on how emotional a first marathon is. That's something I'd like to talk about maybe next week, the emotions of your first marathon. Gang, you remember your first marathon? And yes. I know it surprised mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, here, here's a well-named run, the Smutty Nose Rockfest Half Marathon in Hampton, New Hampshire. What's up with that, Allie? What kind of name is that? I almost did You're that one. Smutty is that Nose right? is a
4: is a beer. Do you guys not have that
3: oh, around okay. uh, no, you? It's got to be a local. got to be a local. It's
4: real cute. It's got a seal on it, and he's got a cute little nose. And I guess That is an
3: awesome
0: name for a brewery. Oh, my yeah.
4: gosh.
3: Oh, you, you know my favorite brewery in my area is Big Storm.
0: Big Storm, yep.
3: Yeah, pr- appropriate name for a brewery in the uh, central Florida area. There's a big storm brewing. Anyway, Sandra did the smutty nose rock fest. 35 mile an hour gusts, cold. That's not for me, Sandra. <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> excellent race support. Once you, once you finish, you got a lobster roll, some clam chowder, and a great metal. This you mean chata? Not, not, not chowder, Bob. Chata? Well, lobster. This yeah, I know. It's, you know, that's what she said. She said lobster and chowder. Um, I, by the way, listeners don't know this. I lived three years in Massachusetts myself. So I speak New England. Not fluently, but I do speak it. Um, for Sandra, this was a half marathon in state number 28. And I asked her if she had a goal to do 50. She says, absolutely. Her goal is to do 50 by the time she's 75 or before then so good for you sandra good luck on that so that wraps up saturday let's move on now to sunday and let's start with the big one let's start in london england for the london marathon now we had three people on my list here who were there chris twiggs was there chris was pacing chris paced the six hour group and he came in just a few seconds under five fifty nine and some change. Yeah, Chris has that nailed. That's a slow pace for Chris, but also we had Amy and Madge running London, and I am so excited because Amy and Madge are with us. Hi, you guys! Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast and the race report spotlight.
9: Hello, hi.
3: Hi, Madge. I'm I'm glad you're here. I'm excited for you. Uh, we, we want to hear all about this event. Um, it's, to me, it's one of the best, the big six, it's just an exciting one to me. Now, quick question. Was this a first marathon for either of you? And Madge, I'll let you go first.
2: Uh, no, this was the fourth live event marathon that I've done. And then I did two virtual during all of the lockdowns and everything.
3: Okay. But first London, right?
9: First
3: London, yes. Amy, how about you? Uh,
9: This was my second, but it was my first standalone marathon because my first one was part of Dopey 2020.
3: Oh, good for you. (laughs) So many people take on a first marathon with Dopey. Uh, That's amazing. That's really cool. Well, outstanding. Well, great. Hey, uh, I want to hear about uh, the the London Marathon. Um, Let's start with, Madge, how was your trip over?
2: It was good. Um, I was a little nervous about all of the time differences and like the exhaustingness of travel, but, um, it was not nearly as bad as I was imagining. So it worked out pretty well.
3: You're in Massachusetts. So five hours difference, right? Yep. Five hours. Yeah. That's pretty substantial. You had a little jet lag to get over. Amy, not so much jet lag for you, right?
9: No, no jet lag.
3: <laughs> no jet lag. Not even, a, not even much of a train lag, you were you were telling me, just a short train ride no, into no, the city.
9: Just, just a 45-minute train ride when we were there.
3: That's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, uh, let's start the day before, I think. How was the expo?
9: Uh, I went to the expo on the Thursday. Um, I mean, like... The beauty of like being in the country so um it was really good it was really well organized and um, as you went through they had the tumblator so people were trying to do the new berlin pace
3: oh uh, really <laughs> did you try it
9: no <laughs> 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 I'm about to hurt myself
3: <laughs> no good good move on your part
9: yeah it was uh, fun to watch people though yeah it was really fun um so stopped and watched that for a little bit, and then went through sort of had a look through all sort of like the merchandise, um, and then just worked way around for all the vendor stalls, and which was nice. Yeah, twice. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's Madge. Did you try it?
2: Uh, no, I I too had fun observing, but wasn't going to try it myself.
3: We were, I think we were. I don't think I know. We were talking about that last week, thinking how long do you think you could maintain that pace and I thought maybe 100 yards but I think maybe I'm dreaming I'm not think I'm not sure I could get to that pace at all anymore that's that
4: reminds me of Martinez's story about how he started running and I would be like that I just would have ended up on the floor
3: yeah yeah I think they had oh it yeah
9: for, I think they had it going for like 400 meters I think it was step four okay yeah for yeah, sure. 400 meters
3: 400 meters he he takes about a minute to do 400 meters, roughly. It's crazy. That, I think that's pretty close. Uh, yeah. My goodness, that's insane. So that's neat. So you had fun there. That was cool. Uh, so let's move on to race day. First thing first, how was the weather?
9: Oh, I don't know about Madge, but I was weather watching for about 48 hours before because it was forecast to rain and I was didn't sleep well that night thinking about thinking about that but um actually it was it got really warm
6: oh yeah it was,
9: yeah it was chilly at the start um but obviously you sort of settle into it as you warm up as you start running I would say sort of around I was probably around mile 18 and the sun was really starting to come out I don't know about you Maj did you find the same sort of yeah I was I was stalking the
2: weather trying not to but um up until When I went to bed on Saturday night, it was still saying that we were going to have light rain at the start, and then it was going to clear up around, you know, 1 or 2 p.m. And so I wasn't super looking forward to that forecast, but (laughs) the year that I ran the Boston Marathon, um, there was a high temperature of 37 degrees, and it was pouring rain it had snowed that morning we had 20 mile per hour headwinds and so I said a little light rain at the start and 60 degrees I'll be okay um
3: (laughs) I remember that one match
2: yeah I didn't love it but I was I was okay to handle it and then when I woke up Sunday morning the first thing I did was check the weather and I saw that all of the rain had moved out of the forecast and I ran downstairs and yelled in the kitchen and (sighs) said It's a marathon day miracle. There's no rain in the forecast. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it did get a little bit warmer than I would have liked near the end, probably like around mile 18 or so. Um, And that part of the course, we were on the sunny side of the street, too. Um, That part that it like, you know, you run out one way and we were in the shade. And then coming back, we were in the sun and it it was a little warm, but...
4: Not That song, the song they made about that side of the street kind of is deceiving. It's not about marathon runners at all. <laughs> <laughs> no,
9: not even a little bit. I mean, definitely like around like the Canary Wharf area, which is like the business area with all the buildings. And like, I think maybe like the sun just coming through, like those buildings and reflecting off, like you could definitely feel it. So when the tunnels came, I was like, going to make the most of this sort of, <laughs> this bit here, like get out of the sun for a bit. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, Amy, you've already started talking about the course. What are some of your impressions? Your big memories of the of the race course?
9: Uh, I just couldn't get over like the crowds throughout the whole course. I thought there would be, you know, areas where it would be a lot quieter, and and maybe towards the beginning it was a little in the residential areas a little bit quieter, but it was just nonstop. There was people, crowds of people everywhere, like six people back. It was. Wow. That was amazing. I I thought there was going to be more areas where it would tail off a little bit and be a little bit quieter, but it was, yeah, they were, it was amazing. Yeah. And I think the iconic tower bridge, like that uh-huh. was amazing. Like it just echoed down the whole bridge, like the cheers and yeah, it was, that was quite something.
3: I hear that about m- many of the majors. I hear that about Chicago and New York and Yeah, that's, and those folks are out there for hours.
9: Hours,
5: yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: That's really, that's really neat. Imagine what were some of your impressions of the course, this first time in London, so you're running and sightseeing, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was a nice little tour of, tour of London for me. Um, I think I was really looking forward to running over the Tower Bridge, and Mm -hmm. it lived up to its expectations. It was really cool um and i went into the race with the main priority of experiencing the city so not worrying too much about my time i had kind of a a secret little back of my mind like i should be able to do it in this pace or in this time and it would be really cool to hit that time but my priority was seeing the sights and taking the pictures and um just kind of drinking it all in and it was really cool um i i also really enjoyed right near the end we're running right at parliament i think is the building that's attached to big ben um
9: this is my knowledge of london not you great. can
3: correct her amy i put it no in excuse me. i was, I I think was, that's I right. was just no. thinking
9: about that myself like coming up to the houses of parliament and big ben in the in the skyline and yeah
2: yeah and like we were right there like yeah you got to experience the full just magnitude of that building um and it was it was really cool and so I you know stopped and took some pictures there
9: too so I, I was gonna say about obviously Buckingham Palace as well and I kind of was reading like posts before where people had said oh I didn't even see it I was just too busy like focusing on the finish line and I was like "I keep looking left keep looking left like Buckingham Palace is coming That's <laughs> just like i Just that feeling of it like being there behind you and when as you're coming up the mountain. I was a little confused because I was told or I heard somewhere that like
2: near the end of the course you're running right at Buckingham Palace and so I was expecting to like run straight at it and see it in front of me and I ran up and saw the like angel statue. I think it's an angel and it's like gold and very fancy looking and I didn't see the building anywhere but I was also focused on the finish and so I you know, made the right hand turn towards the finish and I was running and then I finished and I was like, where's Buckingham Palace? Like I never saw it at all. (laughs) And then it was only after we like I met up with my friends and we walked around and I said, so where's Buckingham Palace? And they pointed out to me and then we actually went over there and took a bunch of pictures and it was really cool to see. But yeah, definitely didn't see it when I was running.
3: (laughs) Good. Good. I can understand that. And I think you had a good plan, though. Not worry about time. Enjoy where I am. Take a lot of photos. That's great.
4: One thing I really liked is I saw the metal in the back of – is it the back or the front of the metal? The, I think one it's, of, the it's the so back. So the back of the metal, it has all of the different sightseeing-type places and all of the – um, names of the places on it in the round and and so it's like a nice little remembrance for you when you go back and look at it and go down memory lane
9: yeah I really like that as well um like you say it's just all of the landmarks so you can just look back and be like that was everything I just ran past over that 26 miles it's, it's a really nice memento
3: I think it's a fantastic event and, and a great medal hey I always ask this question from marathoners and maybe you saw one maybe you didn't did you have a favorite sign from amongst the crowd?
9: Um, I, I mean, it's kind of like one of like the ones that you see quite often, and it was, you know, a like little Mario sign with the little mushroom, like tap here to power up. But it was just really nice because the kids were holding them and they were like really like reaching out with them, like to and get your attention, and so I, I, that was really sweet, and yeah, I really love that.
3: That can be nice. Yeah. Did you um, have one, Madge? Match-
2: I did. I saw one, and it doesn't quite translate verbally because the pronunciation is going to be off. But there was one that said, "Pain is just the French word for bread," um, <laughs> and I really like that one.
3: I I think I've seen that before, but that's great. That's great. And you're hey, good comic timing on that one, Marge. That was funny. Um, so we talked about the finish. Uh, anything else special post race that either of you did?
9: I post-race um I went to my charity's meetup um so I ran for charity versus arthritis um I was diagnosed with inflammatory arthritis about two years ago uh so that's when I applied for the charity to run the marathon with them um so they had a meetup um in the central hall in Westminster after where they just had some food and um did some pictures with the family and friends and it was just lovely because like as you come in, like everyone was clapping, and it was really emotional, actually, because we were feeling exhausted, and then it just like, picked you up again, and so we stayed there for um about an hour and a half, uh, had a gentle massage, and then we made our way back to the hotel to collect luggage and had some food, yeah, and a margarita.
3: Ah, uh, that, that, that a girl.
9: <laughs> Not the pizza, kind of.
3: <laughs> How about you, Madge? Didn't
9: do anything super special. We
2: did walk over to Buckingham Palace and took some pictures in front of the big gates and got to watch A Changing of the Guard, actually. Oh, that's um, cool. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, and then we headed back to the house of the friends that we're staying with, and I ate a whole lot of pizza. <laughs> Good and Good for you.
3: Excellent, excellent. Madge, you're still in England, right? Yes. When are you coming back?
6: Uh, Sunday. Okay, nice trip. Good plan. So, uh, Madge, uh, did you run for a charity also?
2: Yes. I ran with Team Challenge, who fundraises for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Um, My husband was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and ulcerative ulcerative colitis, um, in 2020, um, kind of early on in the pandemic. (laughs) Um, and so we kind of got involved with them and then that's how I ended up fundraising for London.
3: Outstanding. That does not sound comfortable. That's not even the word I'm looking for. That sounds awful is what it sounds like.
4: I followed both of your fundraising efforts too. And it looks like both of you met your fundraising goals too. So that's awesome.
9: Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah, that yep, was really good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ladies, what's next? What do we have on the docket? And what's your next race? What's your next Disney race? Uh Madge, why don't you start?
2: Uh the next Disney race is Dopey. And ah. that's also the next race I'm signed up for. Doesn't mean I won't throw in a random half at some point before then, but as of right now, Dopey's next.
3: if that's all you're doing (laughs) (laughs)
2: just just dopey that's it
3: (laughs) just dopey yeah yeah we throw in the uh, the uh, occasional catered training run in between you know get a half marathon and treat it as a trainer uh amy how about you
9: um Same. my next race is a disney race uh which is princess uh so i'm doing the five and the challenge uh and again i haven't got anything else booked at the moment but as tra- my training picks up again, I might look to do something over the winter before coming over for Princess.
3: Very nice. Look forward to seeing each of you at Disney. Uh,
6: we'll be there. I'll be there for both of those. Amy, how, how is your playlist?
9: That <laughs> oh, uh, it was really hell. good. Yes. I, uh, you know, I was reading like other posts and we were like, don't wear headphones, like take in the atmosphere. I was like, no, like I, this is what I wanted to do. And I'm actually really glad that I did because actually at sometimes with the crowd and everyone cheering, like it was great, but sometimes you just wanted to get back into your own sort of game and uh, like just sort of get back in your own headspace for a minute. And when the songs were coming on, I was just like, I remember who gave this one and this one. Yeah. It was, it was great.
3: That is great.
9: And did
4: you include It's a Small World, or did you not (laughs) drive yourself insane? (laughs) I did not. (laughs) Okay, good. No, good. That's what I wanted to hear.
3: Another smart decision. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Ladies, I knew it would be fun and exciting talking with you. We always have fun with these. I enjoy it. I appreciate your time. Congratulations to both of you. And we look forward to seeing you at Disney World.
9: Thank you. Thank
3: you. You know, Amy mentioned in the spotlight that she ran for a charity and she went back to her charity group afterward. Earlier today, she posted a video on our Facebook group of coming back to that charity group. Look for it. It's worth watching. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You see it, Craig? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Let's move on. Our friend Leslie in Denver, Colorado, the hot chocolate 10K crushed her goal. And previous 10K best by four minutes. Great job, Leslie. Congratulations. In Corning, New York, the wine glass half marathon. Kate and Brian did that, and Brian left
7: us a report. Hey, gang, this is Brian reporting from the end of the wine glass half marathon. Um, as you recall, last week I got a two hour and one second finish at the Rochester half marathon. So this week, I made it my goal to beat that, and I had to shift my shoulder and I finished in one fifty four oh five and uh, yeah, beautiful day for a race and now I'm headed out to finish my rest of my 15 miles for dopey training. Have a great day.
3: thanks, Brian. We appreciate that. We hope to get more like that. That was awesome. Karen also finished Karen ran with a friend, and they put up photos. they have a nice glass medal for the wine glass that's an annual event, and I know some other friends have run that one. Moving on, the Little Northern Train Marathon in Laurentides, Canada. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Laurentides. Anne ran that one, her first ever marathon. See, that's another theme today. Anne credits the Rise and Run podcast for helping her along. Let me say that that makes us feel really good. We're really happy that we helped you, but Anne that was all you girl you did it we were just along in your ear we hope we helped we're glad we helped but you did it way to go beautiful course great weather great photos once again big smile at the end one that i think we were talking about earlier the medtronic 10 miler in the twin cities of minnesota erica finished the 10 miler said she finished with her cousin Ashley, who will both be at Wine and Dine. The weather was a perfect, 53 degrees, no wind, great crowd support. Uh, she, Her friend Ashley snagged a PR, and she did a post-pregnancy PR, and both of those were outstanding times, just a little bit over an hour and a half. Also in the Twin Cities, the Twin Cities Marathon, Emily did that one, it was her first marathon so i think we got three first marathoners out there she stuck with her intervals she trusted the training she finished and what she said is she especially loved passing about 300 people in the last couple miles if you do it right it works and it's the old thing i love it when a plan comes together beth was also at the 10 miler i I missed this i got them mixed up beth was at the 10 miler also on the same day way to go beth uh finally on sunday the last one i have here is that jen did the cutchins superhero 10k in northampton massachusetts dressed as one of the incredibles for the superhero 10k it was her first 10k in 10 years her longest ever run this was a small event because she said sometimes she couldn't see anybody in front of her or behind her. I, I've never had that happen to me in a run. I've had it happen to me in a bicycle event. And whenever it does, I'm always afraid that I'm lost. But Jen didn't <laughs> get lost. In fact, she knocked that one out in under an hour. Great job, Jen. I want to mention real quickly that we had a bunch of people. I want to give them credit for registering uh, the Rock and Roll Clearwater 5K. Tiffany and Robin were registered for that. That was canceled. The Rock and Roll Clearwater half. Uh, amelia dawn tiffany robin Nikki, margaret tracy and monica all registered for that this is the second time that we were supposed to have an inaugural rock and roll event in clearwater it got canceled it's rescheduled till 23 now margaret margaret being from the local area as are many of these runners she found a last minute substitute she did the hickory hammock 5k near her home in central florida and ran it with a friend who was doing her first 5k she said she added a bunch of walking, including, listen up, Joe, including more than 15 miles around hourglass Lake for dopey training. <laughs> good job, Margaret. You can always count on Margaret to, to do something. like that. That's really cool. Good, good job, Margaret. Way to make uh way to take lemons and make lemonade. Uh, other canceled events, the Florida state marching, Ch- marching chiefs, 5k up in Tallahassee. Lizzie was registered for that.
0: By the way, I want to say that I think it's really, really awesome that there's a 5K themed to a marching band. If that is not the perfect combination of a race for myself, uh, I hope all other college marching bands around the country... (laughs) (laughs) Do their own 5Ks, and I will sign up for as many of them as possible. I'll wear my shako. I'll pull out my old, you know, white marching band shoes, and I'll run a 5K in them. So we need more of these types of races. So I'm so sorry it got postponed, but let's make more of these happen, please. You're in for next year. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: All right, Greg. Thanks. You do that. I'll 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 see you in Tallahassee if you do that. Uh, our buddy Dean was registered for an ultra that's been delayed a month and the runners for recovery 5k in orange park was also canceled. Melissa was registered for that. Um, I'll just quick comment on Ian in the area. Uh, if you were down in the Fort Myers area, well, if you're down in the Fort Myers area, you weren't, aren't listening to us right now, but God bless all our friends who are down there. Most of the folks I've been in contact with in the central Florida and the western Florida area are okay. Uh, some folks reported having some damage to their homes. Some reported none at all. Uh, a lot of water everywhere, a lot of power outages. But ultimately, most people came out okay and we're very, very fortunate that that's the case. And with that, my friends, and you know that if you run, you are our friend, what has got to be the longest episode of the rise and run podcast comes to a close. Chad, we dedicate this one to you. (laughs) All I have left to say is, and assuming you're still with us until we meet again, happy running.
0: The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.